Heavy Metal Mega Man. Tron. Oh, Tron. Tron. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, Tron. <laughs> Got my Asteroid shirt on. I'm almost, almost Tron worthy. <laughs> nice. All right, I'll just start the show. Welcome that's to Rent Salad Review. Thank you. We are here today with uh, David Boyd from the band Twisted Tower Dyer. What's up, David? What's up? Thanks for having me. No problem. I recently uh, was searching around the interwebs and uh, realized you guys had a new album out. I mean, it's been out since, what, March? Uh, yeah, March 15th, I think. Yeah, mid-March. Yes. So I'm a little late. But, hey, better late than never, right? Uh, hey, it works for us. <laughs> you sent me this uh, a couple days ago. And uh-huh. you autogra- autographed it for me and everything. Oh, really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Spoiled, noon. I am. I am very spoiled. You don't have very very many CDs back there. I figured you kind of needed one, so yeah. I'm, there's a spot <laughs> on the bottom that's like has nothing in it yet, so I gotta fill that spot. I don't have like I don't like having any empty slots back there. Gotta right. fill all the slots. Gotta fill that's them. That's what she said. <laughs> said. Said the married man. <laughs> so, so uh, your last time was uh, make it dark, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was that was eight years ago. Yeah, it was eight years ago. Oh, so why did it take eight years to put out a, a new album? I'm so fucking tired of people asking me about that. What? Like it takes, for musicians, it takes a while to write shit. You know, it takes fucking time. Right. I'm sick of this. I'm out of here. What the fuck? I guess I shouldn't have fucking asked that. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, oh god that would have been so funny I sort of freaked out a little bit more but it worked <laughs> yeah I should have freaked out more you I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of space here I was kind of afraid of tripping and busting my head open or something but you are keeping an old tube TV on hand so you're <laughs> I've got one downstairs actually so I play my Atari oh you're a gamer I'm like an old school gamer. I've got an Atari, NES, and Sega Genesis. That's pretty much it. I cut it off at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got my original Atari I had when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know how I was able to keep it, but it's been in my closet all these years and dug it out and started playing. Yep. Yeah, nice. Got uh, Pitfall? I got Pitfall. Nice. I didn't. Everybody had Pitfall. I love Asteroids is my favorite. That's good. I think I think uh, uh, favorite games. Jeez, Yars Revenge is a big one for me. That's up there for me. I, I, something about that game is really cool and kind of sinister. And Defender is great. Defender, yes. And Joust, Joust, Joust. rules. Yeah, it's so cumbersome in Atari too. Like the video game is a little easier, <laughs> like the ergonomics of the controls and stuff. But on Atari, it's just. Punishing. Yeah, you're just getting, <laughs> you're just getting demolished left and right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Like about those older games, they feel like they're um, harder to play than newer games are. I don't know if you play any newer stuff. I, d- I don't really actually. Uh, once the game started getting like uh, I don't know, once Contra and all that kind of stuff started coming out, the fight games, I just something about it just kind of turned me off. And I also like I was like. That was like right when I went to college and I had other things to do, like buy pizza, drink beer, and you know <laughs> stuff like that. So didn't bring my games with me. I brought my guitar, but you know I had other things to do, and uh, yeah. But kept the games, kept the systems, and they were oh, part of really? me. Yeah. What? They uh, they got big. <clears throat> What'd you say? Where'd you go to college? Oh, I went to Radford University. It's in Southwest Virginia. It's pretty close All to right. Virginia Tech. Okay. It's a pretty small school. That's that's where I met our drummer Mark. Actually, Mark Stoffer went to Radford with me. That's where he met. And okay. Yeah. Did Did you um, you guys didn't start the band together, right? No, he uh, Scott Waldorf, the other guitar player, started the band. Uh, it was kind of like a high school thing. Um, and then at some point, Mark got sucked into it. Like, while we were going to school together, after I met Mark, he joined this band. Um, 
he played other band like other bands like death metal bands and thrash bands and stuff. But uh, told me he joined this this you know this band. And I think Tom Phillips, who is actually the original singer for Twisted Tower Diaries, uh, kind of like the the mastermind behind Wild Heaven Wept. If you guys know that band. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he was the original singer, sang on the first demo. Um, I don't know who got Mark into the band, but anyway, he he joined the band and and um, I heard it, and I liked it, and when I got out of college, um, not too long after that, he called me up and said they needed a guitar player, mm-hmm. and I was living in Charlottesville at the time, which was about two hours away from Northern Virginia where they all lived, right. and um, I was like, yeah, nothing else going on. I was trying to start a band in Charlottesville. There was like three metalheads in the whole freaking city, so <laughs> you know it was a good opportunity to. To do something and uh, yeah, it kind of blossomed into something pretty cool. So, worked out. Yeah, really cool. Now, I was, I was reading um, what the, I, an interview that you just recently did, or maybe not. I mean, I think it was like back in February or whatever. And uh, you're talking about how you um, did a lot of songwriting on this album, and how I you're did, not good. Yeah, how you're not really good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I don't think I was terrible at it, but uh, no, I think you did a pretty not. good job. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely the first time I tried to write something like this, and and I definitely could write you know riffs and parts and stuff, but it was the first time I actually tried to sit down and compose whole songs and write a whole album. It took a while. Um, we did like I would like sit down and come up with ideas and demo two or three songs myself, and then I'd drive up to two hours up to uh, Northern Virginia and hang out with Mark, and we'd lay down like demos of me playing guitar and the drum tracks and then we'd send it to the other guys and like hey how do you you know how does this shit sound you know yeah. is this cd stuff or what is it and uh and we just kept doing that two or three songs at a time until we got 10 songs done and we're you know we had a whole album at that point um did the music you know the bones of the album we still had to write the lyrics and everybody had to lay down their parts and right um I did a little bit of lyric writing, but Scott did most of it on the album, and Jim did a couple of songs as well, our bass player. Hmm. I'm pretty terrible at writing lyrics, so it was hard enough to get to <laughs> do a whole album. Scott's really good at that. Scott and Jim are very creative. They're artistic yeah. and more like an engineer-minded kind of guy. And uh, Just getting as far as they did with the music was, was impressive in my, in my mind, anyway. Yeah. Hmm. So how, how did you end up getting to actually start writing the lyrics because i have a problem writing lyrics too i'm terrible at it so what what got you to uh you know get better at it did you study how people write lyrics or did the other guys in the band help you or what um i didn't i mean i guess i shot pretty low i mean i had i gave myself two songs i had two ideas um the one song um one song is about a lovecraft story about a beast in a cave and it's pretty easy to kind of like read the story and you know formulate my own lyrics based on the story. Yeah. It's like my favorite Lovecraft story. I think it's one of the first ones he had published too when he was a teenager. Um, and then I always wanted to write a song about Bigfoot, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> Scott and I have had this mutual admiration for Bigfoot, and uh, I've been into like Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, all that kind of crap since I was a kid. So yeah. It, it, Something about that song, like the, the way the riff went, I almost didn't use it because it sounded too, like, knuckle-dragging and archaic and kind of, like, not TCD, but I shared it with Scott, and he's like, no, it's great, I love the idea. So we went with the song, and then when I was listening, listening to it, I thought, yeah, that, that's got to be the Bigfoot song. I have to make that the Bigfoot song. <laughs> so I just studied some, like, Native American um, folklore about, you know, how they viewed Bigfoot, and he was, like, a spiritual being, and yada 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 to kind of piece together some ideas and drunkenly scribble down some lyrical ideas and it kind of fell into place right um i think it turned out pretty good yeah yeah i think it's pretty good not better than i could have done (laughs) never know till you try (laughs) yeah Yeah, i try here and there actually i wrote something not too long ago and uh i tried yeah i have a band too so we were trying to we're in the middle of trying to find a singer and um, I sent it to one of these guys. We were going to pay somebody to do it because, you know, trying to find somebody around here is like impossible. Yeah. I send, it I is here, a, too. <laughs> yeah. It is everywhere. I, I, so many yeah. bands have trouble finding singers. And uh, I sent it to the guy, and he's like, I'll do it, but you have to rewrite all the lyrics. I was like, all right, forget it. <laughs> I would just ask him to rewrite them. You know, like, make them 
the way you want to hear them. I don't know. Right. Yeah. That's like, yeah. But yeah, whatever. We Where are you calling from, brother? Say what? His Wi-Fi is as bad as you are. <laughs> One more time. Where are you calling from right now? Oh, I'm calling from Richmond, Virginia. Okay. The home so, of Guar. Uh, uh, yep. Guar, Municipal Waste, Lamb of God. <laughs> well, your Wi-Fi is bad. I thought mine was bad. <laughs> no, his, yours is fine. I don't know why you said yours was bad. <laughs> He's uh he's on location all the time, so his sometimes he gets into these bad uh, spots. <laughs> yeah, it looks like looks like hotel curtains behind you there. Is that am I calling that right or we can't figure, like... it's, can't figure if it's can't figure if it's a retirement home or a, uh, a jail cell. <laughs> we don't know. He never tells us the truth. <laughs> don't That's tell it. us either. The he's mystery is is towels. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's stuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you sound you sound uh, wonderful. Uh, Great. <laughs> Keep asking questions. <laughs> what was that now? Go ahead. The Thundering and True North is a great one to punch on this new album. Oh, thank you. And I think that, uh, it's 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 face melting. Really, I love the gang vocals. I love vocals. But the gang vocals really kicks you in the fucking face. Um, I could go on and tell you more about your album, but since I'm not coming in loud and clear, I'm just going to tell you that I really enjoyed listening to this. And I got one question, and it's probably something that common knowledge, but where did the name Twisted Tower come Is that something that I learned to, or... Um, it, it came from, um, one of the, the former, one of the former guitar players before I joined, uh, this guy, Nick, uh, played in a band called Thok or a black metal band. And they had, uh, a lyric in one of their songs that was something rather twisted tower dire. And Scott just read that cause he was friends with them and, you know, was reading the lyrics and thought, that's a cool name for a band and we should name our band that because he was jamming with him at the time they wrote some of the earlier tcd stuff like uh they definitely wrote beyond the gate together which is like a pretty epic in terms of guitar playing anyway and trying to not fuck it up when you're playing it um song it's a long song has a lot of parts um probably one of the more i don't want to say progressive but more complicated songs we wrote early on or they wrote um so yeah there's this band called thock it was it was nick and this guy valerio they're both from northern virginia um you can look it up i'm sure there's you know stuff on them i don't know i haven't heard that band in so long i can't even tell you if they're any good or not but scott grabbed that little piece of his his argument was always that i wanted to find a band name that no one would accidentally rip off like you know there's so many bands that are like Medusa or, you know, Snakehead or whatever, just like kind of it's hard to to say it to people. They ask what band I'm in. I say Twisted Tower Dire and they're like, what? And I got to repeat it three times. I feel like an idiot, but <laughs> the fact that nobody can actually accidentally rip off our band name because it's so ridiculous and kind of out there, um, I guess I guess it's paid off pretty well. Well, that's why I named my band Rutabaga, because try saying that really fast five times. Rutabaga. Rutabaga, Rutabaga, Rutabaga. Yeah, that's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, play, we played up the, uh, the Up the Hammers Hail Festival. Rutabaga. <laughs> we played the uh, Up the Hammers Festival in Greece a couple of years ago, and um, there was this German guy there, and he had a uh, balloon attached to his belt that was Patrick from Spongebob. It was like hanging above him all the time. Right. And he came over to us. He said, oh, do you play for a twisted towel dryer? <laughs> I was like, ah, okay, yeah. Dry sense of humor, but I, I always stuck with me because I was like, at least he cares enough to make up a stupid, even stupider name for our band, you know? <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going to put on the uh, headline for the uh, YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> you have my permission. Uh, Greg, you got some? Greg? What? 
Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No. No, you're just going to sit there. Yeah. All right, good. Grace is straight up chilling. Yeah. I don't even know why he comes on the show. Like, I, just just have... wanna, I just want something to do, you know. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, <clears throat> all, all I, I, I don't really care for power metal that much. So w- with albums like this, I really need to take more time with it. I will say mm-hmm. I love the guitar work. But I really don't want to say too much else until I got about a month or so to listen to it solid. Fair enough. As, as weird as that sounds, but um, I do I do really like the Lovecraft song. That had a real cool atmosphere, and I like the lyrics to it too. Oh, cool! That's a good yeah. start. Yeah, at least they um, like something. He's a, <laughs> he's a tough cookie. He's a tough cookie to get to like anything on this show. Yeah, yeah. Try to win but I try not to be rude about it, but <laughs> you know, I find the longer I take to live with the stuff, since I'm not really into power metal, you know, it uh, <clears throat> takes a little longer to form an opinion on it because it takes me a little while to get into it. That's all. Yeah, it's kind of funny but you I, say that because uh, I I'm not a big fan of power metal. I mean, I think people's idea of what power metal is and what bands encompass power metal is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I like traditional metal. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of like European stuff. I mean, our third album was produced in Germany. It had a very European power metal feel. And the second I heard that, I was just like, uh, <laughs> this is the exact opposite of what I want our band to sound like. I mean, I was I I came into the band being more of like into thrash and speed metal, honestly. And they kind I of taught me an appreciation for. You know, for traditional metal and a little bit of power metal, but um, yeah, you can probably hear a little bit of that in the, the newest album because it's yeah. yeah, yeah, no, and that's I really enjoyed the riffs and uh, a lot of the solos. You know, it's, it's, when I say power metal, I guess I'm referring more to uh, the uh, vocal style and the vocal melodies. It just takes yeah. me a little while to get into that, but musically, yeah. it's pretty solid. Oh, cool! So far, well, yeah, yeah. I love the guitar playing, so. I got, like, five of your albums, and um, I have went through the five albums that I've got from you guys. I don't know if you were on all of them. Were you there from the beginning? I I was in the band when they recorded the first one, but I only played, I played a couple of leads, but didn't play any room. I was in the band while they were recording that. I, I lived in Pittsburgh at that point, and they lived in Northern Virginia, so I didn't, you know, it came down to, like, it's stupid to try to teach me the songs that quickly and record them, so uh, I played very little on the, on the first album, but I played on the rest of them, yeah. Okay, well, this one, um, just from the three or four listens that I gave it, I like it a lot better than your past catalog. It's more, um... Crunchy. It's more crunchy and it's more you just kind of want to fucking smack somebody's face with this this album. You know? Uh, the other stuff was a little more <laughs> power metal as me and Greg would say. But this one yeah. is this one's kind of thrashy. It's kind of uh, you kind of want to break shit when you listen to it. So that's very, very cool with me. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's interesting because I, you know, I, I think it definitely sounds like a TTD album, but it definitely leans more, like you described, like a heavier, riffier, thrashier kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I didn't try to hold back with that at all. I mean, that's kind of like my roots. When I first started playing guitar, I was like huge, you know, like Bay Area thrash, German thrash, Metallica, Megadeth, that kind of stuff. That's what taught me how to play guitar. So it's hard to like separate myself from that and go, okay, now I'm going to write exactly like you know adrian smith um right even though i love that and i try to incorporate that too it's just kind of it's like in my bones as part of my playing as a player and i just my attack on the strings with the pick and everything so well just the production the production itself on this album is different from your previous efforts it's it's a lot it's it's not a lot dirtier but it's got a lot raw edge and that's what i dig about it yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. We had uh, Kevin that did our second album back in 2000 actually mixed this album. We recorded all of the, uh, well, we recorded all of the instruments ourselves as band members. And we had a friend 
Johnny Wooten, who plays uh, bass and um, is in the band Widow, he's also a producer and engineer. Uh, he, he recorded Johnny's vocals, which turned out fucking amazing as far as I'm concerned. I, I actually yeah. demoed Johnny's parts, and this really, because we're so far apart, I hate to say this, this really was like a studio album. I wrote songs. It was a lot of digital passing back and forth of files, and everybody did a great job and like came through and like the end product's amazing but more than anything else just hearing how johnny could interpret my attempt at singing the lyrics on my song and turn it into like a real melodic acceptable vocal for an album and, and all across the board for all the songs and he had like scott wailing like a witch and screaming and you know like i could barely even tell what the hell he's trying to do and johnny just like grabbed that and he's really he's a he's a really talented dude he's a great singer but he also he's got a very musical mind and um he was already thinking of the harmony parts and gang vocals and how to lay everything up and um i went to his house and within a day and a half we demoed the vocals for all the songs he didn't lose his voice at all we went through all of them all the background vocals all the harmonies and I just gained like a, I already respected the guy, but I gained like a newfound respect for him. Just the fact that he was so prepared and talented. Um, I already knew he was, but it just like up the bar, you know, like yeah, Johnny's, Johnny's the shit. He's, he's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, when I heard what he did with, with the other Johnny, Johnny Wooten, um, the final tracks was just amazing with the gang vocals and the harmonies and everything. It was, it was like, that was like the final piece of the puzzle. It all kind of came together, and I was like, "This is the album's gonna be great." I don't care if anybody else likes it, but I'm gonna fucking love it. You know? <laughs> it just, so, is this your favorite TDD album, or? I mean, I guess I had to say yes, just because I had a lot to do with writing it. But um, I, I, I mean, I love all of our albums. Um, I really like the first album. It was, I kind of stepped in the band after they'd written it, and I didn't get to re to record that, but. Uh, a lot of our earlier shows we played, like in that back in that phase, we were like playing a lot of shows. We went to Europe for the first time. We played Vakken in two thousand. Um, played like the Milwaukee Metal Fest, the Jersey Metal Fest, and we were hitting it hard. And that was like, that's the material that I remember playing and rehearsing a lot. Um, I rehearsed like five, six days a week and played the whole set like two or three times a night. We were really going for it at that point, and. Um, so that material just kind of sticks with me. Like, I like a, I can't help but love it in a certain way. This album, probably because I had a lot to do, again, with writing it, but uh, it, it's kind of like what I always wanted TTD to try to do at some point. Um, maybe earlier on, maybe, I don't know. I, I always feel like I was always the guy trying to like make TTD more of like a thrash band or more serious, hard, you know, like, like no, well, you can really mosh us. Just listen, you know. <laughs> And somehow I think I kind of tempered that over the years and found a balance with learning from them and kind of incorporating some maiden and, you know, traditional metal, power metal influences and got kind of like a nice compromise between yeah. trying to force thrash on a band that didn't want to be thrash right. and kind of create something that's kind of like an interesting amalgamation of a lot of different influences, yeah. styles. Um, yeah, it's a good mix on this a new album. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like it too. You, you it's, blend it's, the two styles together really well. I think it works. Now, do you think you would have went in this direction with the older singer? That's a that's an interesting question. Um, I think if if Tony was still in the band, it, we'd be. Well, it's hard to speculate, really. Um, <laughs> Was he more, I mean, more I, of a fan of like the uh, you know the, the, the traditional like power metalish stuff, or was he also into thrash? Uh oh, now he definitely from... was. I mean, he liked thrash. He was big into like Dio and um, you know the stuff singers like you know the Priest, the Maiden, um, mm -hmm. the, where where there's a lot of good vocals as, as opposed to thrash, where they're just like screaming and whining and you know, it's, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that stuff too but yeah he yeah. Um, I don't think it would 
if we had carried on with Tony and he was still in the band and we got to this point, I don't think it would would have changed the writing process for me. I don't know how he would have received it. Yeah. Um, I think he could have made it work, though. He was a very talented guy. He, he had a great voice and a lot of charisma. and um, Yeah, that's that's a weird thing to think about, honestly. It's very yeah. strange. Right. How was it after uh, he passed away with, with the band? Did you guys want to continue? Or Obviously, you did, but... Were you thinking about not continuing? Well, I mean, the way everything went down, it was it was kind of weird. Um, I mean, Tony, Tony was having a lot of personal problems, and we actually asked him to take a break from the band, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to do that, so he just kind of we had a long discussion. He just kind of up and quit the band, and that's when we got Johnny. Um, pretty soon after that, he moved from Virginia down to Naples, Florida, and that's where he had the motorcycle accident, and passed away. Okay. So it, it made it almost weirder because it's bad enough losing him, but the fact that, you know, he kind of he kind of chose to leave the band. We asked him to take a leave of absence. He said he didn't or, or you know, for a period of time, he completely wouldn't do that. Mm. Um, so we just up and quit the band. He said, you know, either I'm in the band or I'm not. And we said, okay, well, I guess you're not then because that's kind of where we are. And, yeah, it made it really weird when he passed away because we kind of had this – guilt anyway about how all that went down and uh, I kept in touch with them a little bit and some of the other guys had but others hadn't and it was just a very strange scenario Um, we're we're lucky to find Johnny when we did and he was able to kind of carry on and it's big shoes to fill and and he gets I think kind of unjustly compared to Tony a lot it's natural because he's the singer of the band and Tony was the former singer but um, Johnny's really talented at what he does. It's it's kind of uh, I don't know. I feel like he gets unjustly kind of put under the microscope. And he's been <laughs> in the band longer now than Tony ever had been to begin with. So it's like oh, wow. it's, we haven't put out as much material, but he's right. time wise he's been in the band longer. So it's interesting to kind of just kind of think about that and process it and try to make sense of it. Hmm. Now, do you think after you after you took eight years to put this album out? Eight years, <laughs> eight whole years. <laughs> uh, do you think the next one's going to come a little bit sooner, or is this kind of the process? Because I know you guys got other bands too and stuff, so it's probably hard to you know keep putting out albums every other year or whatever. Yeah, anyway. I mean it's kind of touch and go. I think at this point, um, I mean Jim actually wrote a bunch of material. Our bass player Jim Hunters and a ton of bands too. Um, he wrote some material that we're going to work on. Uh, originally, he had a basically a whole another album done. Okay. Um, but we're gonna we kind of bounce back and forth between are we going to do that? Are we going to make it an EP? Are we going to like do half of his songs or write you know four new songs and kind of combine the two together? Mm. We're kind of unsure how we're going to handle it, but he's got at least four songs that we're definitely going to use and we're working on now. Um, we have a couple of ideas we kicked around. I'm still coming up with ideas myself. So I, it's it's definitely not going to take eight years. I can't say how long it's going to take. Um, the last album took a ridiculous amount of time, mm. and uh, but the good thing was we were able to license it out and retain the rights. We kept the digital rights for it. We can license it out in the future if we want to, and I think that's oh, wow. kind of how I want to do things going forward. Yeah. Um, it's kind of nice not having the pressure from a label. Huh? You're in control of your own music, then. Yeah, yeah, like Taylor Swift wants to be. Exactly. We got <laughs> yeah, control. good luck. <laughs> good, good luck on that one, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, she lost that a long time ago. Oh yeah. I didn't even realize she was still around. It's wrong. With yeah, she, she, yeah, she lost, she lost that when she first um, started, you know, doing singing. I guess the, the manager or whatever that uh, she was with. Kind of screwed her. She's all mad at him now, but you know what? You signed the thing, so what are you going to do? You mean yeah. she actually well, wrote her own songs? Yeah. Huh. It's kind of amazing, but I think she did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can't attest for the quality. Yeah, I don't listen no, to her. But, but um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, artist rights, oh, that's always been fucked up. Look at uh, what uh, Prince did and Zappa. So very well. Yeah, Barry died a poor, poor fucking man. Yeah. Who? 
Chuck, Chuck Berry. Berry. Oh, Chuck Berry. Marvin? Marvin Berry's brother? Yeah. <laughs> cousin. <laughs> oh, is a cousin? Brother? I thought, yeah. whatever. I think I would remember that from one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. We, uh, before our third album, we signed on to Remedy Records um, for five albums. Oh, wow. I remember I remember telling Scott, why are we doing this? This is ridiculous. We're never going to put five albums out with this label. <laughs> He's like, oh, I know, I know. Who cares? This is, you know, it's just standard practice. This, this, you know, how the contracts work. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? We're signing a contract, you know? We're legally bound to put out five albums. He's like, oh, no, no big deal. <laughs> well, it ended wow. up being a big deal later, and we don't have legal rights to that third album, which is the only one we don't uh, really have rights to. And it's... Um, hmm. And that's, as far as, like, if we had, like, a hit album that sold the most number of units, that would be the one, because it just appealed to, I guess, a larger crowd of, like, power metal people, and right. Axes and Honor is, like, our number one most requested, everybody freaks out when we play kind of song, and hmm. I have a lot of problems with that album, but the material is great. I, if I could go back in time, I probably would rather us not record it in Germany. I mean, Pete... I didn't get along with him very well. It was a very rushed kind of affair. I didn't have enough time. And just the whole thing was just very, it felt like you're being put through a meat grinder. You're know, like, oh, insert American metal band, put through a power metal meat grinder. <laughs> there comes your album. And we sound just like, you know, every other album he produces, like uh, Storm Warrior and Paragon, all these, you know, they're not bad bands, but when he, can actually hear that and go, yeah, that's the same pod that he put our guitars through in their album. You know, it's not even a real amp; it's a pod. And have yeah, you guys been was, playing this album out at all, or have we what? Have you been playing this album out? We have played. We played two songs as a band off this album so far. As much as I hate to say that, wow. Uh, wow. Were they your songs? We <laughs> We're in three different cities and two different states, and um, yeah, it's 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 bizarre, and I hate to say it, it makes me kind of want to throw up, honestly. But it's just kind of it was it really came down to us doing this to get another album out or not getting another album out. That's kind of what, like the scenario we had, and I mean Scott and I talked, and he kind of like passed the torch to me and said, "Run with it." And I just kind of you know one step after another, we just got an album done and we don't get to rehearse as much as we'd like to people have kids and jobs and you know all the fun responsibilities of being a you know an adult as much yeah. as we admit we are <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we we need to we need to work on more of these songs and um, I mean, it's weird because we need to write a new album and record that but we also need to get a couple of these songs under our belt so we can play them right, um, exactly Light Your Swords on Fire is the one that we played a couple times live. Um, True North. We haven't done that yet. That's that's next on, on the list, and that's my favorite song. So I want to. That's my favorite song too, man. Yeah. Uh, that one. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember what. Somehow I came up with that first riff. Um, well, the main one, the the verse, you know, after the intro and everything with the drums. And it was such a simple idea, but it sounded so cool when I did it. I was like, I got to kind of like follow through with this and make it like a tough, you know, fucking metal anthem, kick people in the teeth, slow motion kind of song. You know, it's mid-tempo, but uh, it just all fell into place. And that uh, the riff I wrote over the uh, the lead part, it's kind of like an homage to Slavic. I did a couple of those on there. We're big fans of Slavic. We toured with them. Um a couple of times and I really they're one of my favorite bands so I inadvertently kind of like stole a little bit of their style on the album here and there and it's really more of like a tip of the hat like hey guys you know sounds kind of like one of your riffs you know? we, we uh, won't say nothing don't worry what's, what's that uh, name again <laughs> the Lord Weird Slough Egg <laughs> yeah they're a great band uh, the two of the songs that I really like are the uh, and the sharks came then, and uh, these ghosts can never leave. That's that's my favorite one. That last song on the album. That last song is the third. Well, it's the second one I wrote that made it to the album. 
And it's the first one that I wrote that we demoed and actually said, all right, this might actually work. I might be able to do this because I was kind of struggling at the beginning and I came up with some good ideas. Um, the What became Fortress or writing the Fortress was the first song idea I had. And I was kind of like, eh, I almost tried to kick that out. And, you know, Scott wanted to use it. He had great lyric ideas. And I was like, I don't know, man. After the rest of the songs, it just seems kind of weak. And once we built the vocals up, it, it, it definitely delivered. But I was kind of skeptical at the time. But, yeah. Um, yeah, the Ghost song is like, that's the first one that I, I really kind of connected with. And I felt like it was a real... It's hard to explain, but like a real kind of like your soul kind of connecting with something and, you know, you just feel completely happy with it, at least where it was at that point. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know if I was going to be able to finish writing. I thought at some point I'd probably have to kick it back to Scott and be like, I can't finish this shit. Keep, you know, write the rest of the album. And I got that done and, and we emailed it to him and I was like, you know, Mark, we might be able to make this happen this way and he's like oh of course we will dave and <laughs> it's it kind of like an epiphany moment you know yeah, yeah it's but we kind of we put that song yeah jim hunter is all about album arrangement i'm terrible about that like i would completely screw it up but he's he's got this intuition for arranging songs a certain order and he can argue with me or whatever but i just i know he's good at that so i just like you know go ahead dude Everybody else agrees with pretty much everything he proposes as far as the song order goes. And right. um, he put that one at the end, and I was like, eh, it's kind of like one of my favorite songs, but it's kind of nice to end with a, you know, I don't know, yeah, cool it's song. Ever, it's kind of yeah, a really catchy chorus and everything. It's, it's, good. it's a good way yeah, to end the album. Yep. Somebody's got a message. What is it? That's yeah, me. What is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Reed Rogers. He's uh, he filled in for Scottish show we played in re recently. Oh, okay. Yep. He's yeah, like, hey so man. No, I'm not gonna read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. So I saw so you were post. Uh, what was that? Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I saw you were posting the other day. You were uh, checking out the uh, the Saturn and the Moon and all that crap. Yeah, yeah, all that crap. Yeah. Are <laughs> you into all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, my wife and her dad gave us this gigantic telescope that is like it's one of these things where you can plug it into the wall and tell it yeah it can figure out where it is in space oh yeah 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 on earth and it can like navigate and point to stuff well we're too stupid to figure out how to use that so we gave it to a couple friends of ours to borrow and um they figured out how to use it and they're really into stargazing and um my friend's wife is from brazil um and where she grew up, there were you couldn't see the stars because there was so many so much light pollution from the city. Oh, okay, yeah. So when she came here, she was kind of like, "Holy shit, I can see stars!" And, you know, like they they actually exist. I mean, it was it was really like an epiphany for her. Like I can actually wow. see stars, oh, wow. um, which is kind of interesting in its in itself. But okay, um, we take it we take it for granted, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, we've done a couple like camping adventures where we went out and tried to find there's certain areas that are like dark scar dark sky certified where you, there's no light pollution you can see the stars really well um and just happen to be where they live they have you know good back patio and it was a pretty clear night and we we're able to yeah she got some really good pictures on her phone i don't my phone is terrible it's like a 5s and i guess the camera sucks on it i don't know i take a, if i had taken that picture it would look like you know, somebody breaking <laughs> sure. into a house or something. It wouldn't even look like anything <laughs> cool. But she took it. And you can see like all the colors in the sky and the stars. And oh wow, very envious. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of passively interested in that stuff. I guess I'm. Um, right. I don't know. I'm very science based. I'm into like conservation and environment stuff. And um, the work I do revolves around like trying to protect endangered species in the, in the state. We map okay. where they are and try to keep people from like inadvertently mowing over them or you know putting a pipeline or a road through them. So what do you actually do? Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a job with the state government, but I do uh, um, I do GIS mapping. Okay. It's like a computer-based mapping, so we map where things are and we can 
digitally share that information with somebody else so they can kind of like stick it in their computer, overlay it over other information that's kind of spatially, you know, congruent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a cool job. I like it. I work with a bunch of like pretty hippie minded people and they're all very <laughs> laid back. And, you know, uh, yeah. Do you like Tokyo Blade? Do I, what? Do you like <laughs> Tokyo Blade? Fucking random question That's out of nowhere. <laughs> it's not a random question. Uh, do you like Tokyo Blade? It's the not band? a random question. We did a show oh, earlier Tokyo about Blade. Tokyo, Tokyo Blade. Blade. I thought you were saying like Tolkien something rather. And I, I, uh, I, I'm not super duper familiar with them. I may have heard them, but I'm not like obsessed with them or anything like that. Why do you ask that? You've been to the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, on the trail of the lonesome pine. <laughs> Join in, Greg. <laughs> I hate that song. And I carved mine. I have no idea what the fuck you're doing. It's the last song on the Tokyo Blade Act. Which one? Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. I gotta look it up. I don't remember. Tony was a big Tokyo Blade uh, fan. That's how I know the band, honestly, because he had a Tokyo Blade shirt he used to wear all the time. Well, uh, how about the Tigers of Pantang? You ever get into them at all? Um, not really. Which is very odd because I'm a huge Sykes fan. Like I love, I love White Snake and I love uh, Blue Murder. I. For some reason, uh, there is a. I have a huge. This is a strange thing for a lot of people to conceive, but I have a huge list of things that I need to, at some point, go back and listen to. And one of those bands used to be Thin Lizzy, like years ago. And then I got into them and I, like, obsessed on them. And that doesn't happen often, but uh, I'm really good at finding a band or a couple of bands and just wearing them the fuck out and just listening to all their albums. For like months and months and months, and I'm not like one of these people that dabbles in a ton of different stuff. And right. it, it's kind of it's it's a strange thing to say and for people to understand. But it uh, like when I first got into Metallica, I think I listened to nothing but Metallica for like probably a year straight. Like ridiculous, I was obsessed with it, and and I don't know why. It's just I guess how my brain works. But uh, you know, I hear all these people I have. Guess, yeah. I, I did that when I first heard uh, Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like Death, by the way. They they did make my my list of bands to obsess on. I mean, <laughs> what what is your favorite Thin Lizzy album? Oh, jeez. Oh, say uh, the right one. Say the right one. I'm gonna say one that you're not gonna you're not gonna think I'm gonna say because it's uh, it's a live album that actually came out pretty recently. Um. It's. It was recorded. I somewhere in the UK. I want to say it was in 1974. But it's a live album. It wasn't released like back in the 80s or anything. But it. it right. And the reason it wasn't was because Bill's or sorry Phil's bass was chronically going out of tune, which apparently did quite often. Um, there were a couple of guitar mistakes and a couple of vocal mistakes. So I think they just trashed the whole recording because of that. But the. Uh, just the, the guitar tone and the way it's mixed and everything about it just sounds very alive. I mean, more more so than most live albums. Um, and they're playing a lot of stuff off of uh, like fighting and um, yeah, it's just it's just a really neat album because I it's is like the tail end of when I was like obsessing on them and I just randomly found this album. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I heard it and. Kind of understood why they hadn't released it until later, but it's uh, it's just a really cool recording, and the it's got a lot of power to it. I mean, the drums are kicking hard, and um, yeah, it's it's really cool. But it, it's kind of a cop out because it's not like an actual release. It's not you know. Yeah, yeah. So what about what a studio album? Come on. <laughs> why is this so simple? <laughs> we 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 want to know. <laughs> um. I mean, goddamn! I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that easy, man, because they've had so many phenomenal guitar players, and it's. I, I mean, like Gary Moore. 
not every album was the same, so it's kind of hard to pick. Yeah, I mean, Chinatown kind of blew. I didn't like that one. Yeah. It, it's got a couple of good tracks, but it's it just kind of yeah, fell flat. I mean, I, I really like Bad Reputation. I don't need hints. <laughs> yeah. Bad Reputation is actually my favorite. I, I think like that's that. one of the few perfect albums out there. That's Black, a really great record. Black Rose is mine. So I, I almost said Black Rose. You know why? Because I think that that's what everybody wants to hear. And, and yeah. Gary Moore's phenomenal. That song is like, I wish I could play that in guitar. It's it's fucking amazing. Yeah. And it's a great album. And I, I love it. But uh, it's almost like it's one of those things where uh, every week I kind of want to listen to a different Thin Lizzy album. I really don't have a favorite. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Um, most bands I can... I could tell you my favorite album, or I can tell you I've never heard them, or whatever. Uh, yeah, they're just—they're a very unique band. They're—I uh, don't know—I I try to explain to people that have heard, you know, the two or three Thin Lizzy songs actually got played on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people that aren't metalheads, and I'm like trying to explain them how cool Thin Lizzy is. Like, no, you should get into it. It's, it's not—it's not even metal, but it kind of wants to be and. It's so cool, and they're like, they're thinking, oh, the boys are back in town. That's like a, you know, hokey song. Yeah. I'm like, no, dude, yeah. you gotta. Yeah. They, they have no idea, none. Yeah, it's like this whole universe of just awesomeness that people are denying themselves. And yeah, I keep trying to play that at work, and they keep, oh, they got the boys back in town. They don't, they don't get it. <laughs> they just don't get it. Fucking yeah. so sick of it. But anyway, you know, Uncle Saxon is uh, thunder and lightning, right? Um, no, I'll go with Bad Reputation, too. <laughs> Not the Fox. Fuck it. I don't care. I, I'm a Sykes fan, but my true Uncle Saxon story of the night's going to be about what a dick John Sykes is as a person. So I will go with, uh, I'll go with Johnny the Fox. Johnny the Fox. Jimmy the Weed. All right. All right, I got to I gotta stop the interview. I want to go listen to Thin Lizzy now. Sorry. <laughs> I'll put it on right here. What do you want to hear? Can you? Uh, really? yeah. yeah, I can. Uh, oh, yeah. What, what I is? Uh, too, yeah, good. I wanted to pick up the records. Uh, one day, I went to a thrift shop around the corner from me, and uh, they had almost all the albums, and they were like six dollars. And stupid me, I just left them there. I think I had them all on CD. So what do I need the records? But. Eh. They're gone now. You could have sold Noggle for 12 bucks each. That's why. I know. I, I would have. Because he would have bought them. So oh. you guys all on the uh, the vinyl bandwagon? or uh, no, not, not really. Well, I've always had vinyl. You know, I took my parents' records when I was a kid. And records were cheap to get because CDs were really moving in and becoming the big thing. So I like them. I like collecting them, but um, <clears throat> I'm not into it because of the current fad. But a lot of these fucking yuppie hipsters are real annoying about it. Uh, they definitely <laughs> are, yeah. I like it when it hisses a little bit and it sounds a little dirty. That's that's how thrash records should sound. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing is very strange to me because I'm not, I'm, I'm not a collector at all. But there are certain things I want to have on vinyl just because I... I like, and some of them are very weird. Like, uh, I'm gonna regret this in the morning, probably. But uh, there was this record I had when I was a kid. Like, I used to have seven inches and twelve inch records, like storybook shit, when I was a kid. That I played on a record player. Right. That was my first exposure to vinyl. You know, right. like kids these days, they have digital music and stories and shit. They don't physically pick up the record and not scratch it. Hopefully, when they put the needle on it. So I got the, we I had, had the monster match. Right? We had the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. The monster match. <laughs> monster match. Yeah. You <laughs> see, uh, so much better when his connection's good. <laughs> <laughs> you will not be doing your there story you tonight. <laughs> okay. well, I have this. Uh, I have this. This. This 12-inch storybook Winnie the Pooh thing that I had when I was a kid, because I was like, I remember it, you know, it's like, when the, it's like a, something about like, you know, it's such a blustery day, and it terrified me when I was a kid, because Piglet, 
like it's sucked up in the storm and Pooh Bear's holding onto a string off his sweater. He's flying in the air like a kite. Okay, and I was yeah. like, holy fuck, like, like that's going to... It's going to unravel. Piglet's going to be fucking gone, man. What are you going to do with that piglet? And it freaked me out when I was a kid. It's like traumatic and shit. So I got that on vinyl. And I also got uh, the uh, the Walt Disney uh, Peter and the Wolf storybook, which is oh, like, nice. uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard that, but it introduces all the, well, not all of them, but a lot of the classical instruments like the oboe. And the characters have different instruments to go along with them. Um Okay. Yep. And that was like I, that was my first exposure to classical instruments when I was a kid was that storybook. So I got that as an adult because I'm a fucking weird nerd and <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic did the Peter and the Wolf thing too with uh Wendy uh somebody. And yeah, that was this is the oboe. Do, 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 do. This is the fucking French horn. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I don't like, think I've heard that. Weird Al style. I gotta so. take notes. <laughs> I gotta check that out like tonight. <laughs> Wendy Carlos. Uh, it was it was Weird Al Yankovic and Wendy Carlos. You okay. should check that out. It's rare as shit. You can't find it on CD for less than a hundred bucks. But yeah. Wow. Like what era Weird Al was that? Like do you know? Uh, it had to be mid nineties. Mid nineties. That late? Wow. Huh. Oh, I gotta hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be on YouTube or something. I'm sure. Wow. But he does like a whole album of, of that whole Peter and the Wolf thing. So very cool. Yeah. I would definitely like that. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, my whole vinyl thing. I, I really didn't uh, collect vinyl until I uh, I really started collecting uh, Halloween uh, albums and, and records and just whatever Halloween thing. Like Halloween's my favorite band, so I just try to buy okay. everything that they own or that they put out or whatever. And then shortly, little by little, then I just say, I'm a big King Diamond fan. So oh, that's cool. I gotta have that on record, and I gotta have this one on record. And at one time, somebody posted a picture of like the inside of a, a Lizzie Borden album. And there was uh, different artwork that I never saw before. And I thought, oh, shit, that's pretty cool. i never seen that. So then I had to look for that record. So, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm like you. I'm not a big record collector. But if there's one that I see that I would like to have, then I'll, I'll grab it. But I'm not spending 50-something dollars on a record for no reason, you know. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, and, and honestly, it doesn't matter, like, if it's a second pressing or a third pressing or whatever. Right. I'm not going to pay... 100 more dollars for the original pressing unless it's like something that i actually held my hands when i was a kid and it means something personal to me otherwise exactly. i don't give a shit you know like yeah. i'm not buying somebody's dirty ass t-shirt from the 80s for 300 dollars <laughs> on ebay it just doesn't make any sense to me I you hear that sex he's not buying any of your dirty t-shirts <laughs> well maybe well, what <laughs> you can keep your vaseline spattered teddy ruxpin doll too <laughs> Fucking A, dude. I had a Teddy Ruxpin when I was a kid. That thing scared the shit out of me. Oh, my God. We we used to... Uh, that was the one you put the tape in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just to... had the most, like, animatronic kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, when I, it would have I, I used to... Uh... Like... <laughs> <laughs> I used to put tape over the tabs on the cassette. And then, like, say my own stuff on it, and then put it in there. And then, when my brother would turn it on, it would say all these like weird things, and they would just sit there glowing its eyes and I'm kill you. Should record some Slayer onto it. Should we should? What the fuck's going on there? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Well, you never know what's going to happen. Next time, gadget. Next time. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to end this show. Where can people? <laughs> where can people Already. go out? Right, you want to stay for another hour? I mean, I gotta, I gotta go to bed at some point. Stay for another hour, brother. I was gonna start to oh, ask you guys if you were fans of puppets. I mean, there's so much more to talk about, but no, uh, it's a, we can. I, I did want to know what your favorite color was and all this other stuff too, and your favorite uh, dinner and meals and things like that. But well, I'd like to say before we end that I know, uh, hamburgers is two is 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 excellent and uh i want you to go and buy it and we're gonna pimp it we're gonna pimp it hard on all the platforms um especially excellent. the first half of the album um i start trailing <laughs> off personally 
because I don't have a very good attention span, obviously. But yeah, the first half of the album just kicked my fucking ass, man. And I love it. I really, really like this album. So thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And where can people go and buy this lovely album? Well, they can buy it from us on Bandcamp. Um, shipping is pretty ridiculous if you live in Europe, so uh, I would go straight to Noah Morse. There's other distributors. You can find it on Amazon. It's out there. So the, the usual places. Usual places, yeah. Not hard, not hard to find. Very cool. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming well, thanks on. Thanks for coming on. Thank man. you, guys. Appreciate it. I had a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully you get the next album out a lot sooner. We will, I promise. And do you have any shows coming up? I wish I could say yes, but no. We played uh, a week and a half ago. Um, we don't have anything lined up right now, though. So, uh, all right. Yeah, nope. walk, walk. <laughs> Just keep checking the band's Facebook. Something will pop up eventually, right? It will. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, again, thank you very much. I really appreciate it, and maybe you'll come on for the next album. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it so much. Have a good night. Have a good night. Take it easy. Bye. All right. That was a good interview, right? Yes. Yes, it was. I guess uh, John went to go smoke and never came back. Well, you know, weird things happen on the way to the lobby. (laughs) Uh, Maybe he won't ever come back again. Nah, he'll be back. You think so? Yeah, hopefully with a better connection next time. You know when he won't be back till, right? No. Two weeks. Two weeks. He won't be back two weeks, and guess what? Neither will we. No, we won't be. We won't be back. We Mm. won't be back again. For two weeks, little diamond head for you guys. Keep you satisfied. It was a good job. Thank you. But yeah, I, I need a vacation. You guys can use the break. And, um, yeah, so we'll be gone for two weeks. This is our last show for a while. And uh, we'll come back and hit it heavy and hard. And That's we'll give right. you people, we'll give you, you fans. I don't know how many fans there really are. It says we almost uh, have 100 fans on YouTube, but I don't know. It could be me and all my different accounts I have. But Well, well that's enough to let one of them pick an album, though. Yeah, it is. You do understand that, right? He said, you pick an album. Underneath this video, write some comments. You people, write some comments. Tell us what albums you want us to review. Maybe uh, tell us what albums you want us to talk about on this show, our regular show. And uh, give us some ideas for some guests. Right now, the book is pretty open. I mean, we do have a big guest coming up soon, but it's not part of this show. And I'm not saying what part of the show that is for. That's a secret, but uh, yeah. So it will be worth the wait. But it, in the meantime, get involved. Give us some ideas. Yes, please. So we'll see you in two weeks. And meanwhile, in those two weeks, you can check out all our other episodes. All I don't know how many episodes do we have, including the uh, album versus album shows. I mean, we have probably like fifty altogether. No, we're not fifty. We're forty-five, forty-six-ish, maybe. Uh, you could be right. I don't know. Because there's seven. Uh, yeah, that sounds you know about right. Well, yeah. Something like that. Because I think there's like yeah. seven AVA episodes and then like uh, 38 re- these episodes. So we're yeah, up there. We're getting up there. Like yeah. we're, we're almost veterans. <laughs> but yeah, go check out all those other episodes. Tons of interviews. Uh, some really good ones on there. Actually, they're all all good. So, I, you know, we haven't had any bad guests on here. And we yep. really... We really appreciate having David Boyd on from Twisted Tower Dyer. Go buy his album. Show one more time. I'll put the picture up there too so you can see a little clearer. Very good album. And also, I was featured on uh, actually a guest that we've had uh, not too long ago, Harry Barnett. He has his own podcast, uh, I Don't Even Like Podcasts. Oh, look who's back. But, Hi, uh, guys. Hey. We were just telling everybody we're not going to be uh, on for like two weeks. Well, they're going to miss all of this. Holy crap. Wow. We're going to have to wait two weeks to see it again. 
Ladies save your dollars. <laughs> the, the people that listen, to, the people that listen to the podcast version are so lucky. But <laughs> well, you ain't doing no story of the day if we can't hear you. And Greg wants to go eat. Is that better? Nope. Yeah. Nope. All right, fuck you. That's better. <laughs> yeah, that was better. <laughs> <laughs> no, no good. Anyway, like I was saying, I was on Harry Barnett's show. Check it on uh, I, uh, YouTube. Uh, I don't even like podcasts. We talked about Batman and some other random things. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but uh, go check it out. It's a very good podcast. I liked I enjoy doing it. And I think me and Greg will be doing it again at some point, maybe sometime in August. Yes, to talk more well, about because Batman. Because you guys are nerds and I'm not. Nerds! Pretty much. <laughs> All right. That is it for tonight. We will see you guys in two weeks. You got something to say? Sex? I do. Um, if, if you're in Decor, uh, Iowa this weekend, come down to the uh, uh, Corn Feed Festival or whatever it is we're fucking doing. I'll uh, meet you back by the soundboard. I'll buy you one. Hear that? Decorah, Iowa. Not sure where it is, but I think I'm near there. <laughs> Sounds good. Bye. Adios, everybody. See Peace. you in two weeks. All alone on an island of green, went to drink blood.